Welcome to episode number two of the Courage Cast. My name is Andrea Crisp. Today, I'm talking to the hilariously talented Lisa Gilroy about how she navigates success and failure in the comedy world. You're listening to The Courage Cast, a show to equip and empower women to live bravely. Each week, we'll share real stories of influential women who are willing to face their fear and pursue their purpose. Here's your host, Andrea Crisp, life coach, author, and your secret weapon. The talented Lisa Gilroy is a force to be reckoned with, as lovely as she is funny, and trust me, she's hilarious. She is someone to watch out for in the comedy world. Lisa is an alumna of the Second City's House Company and current ensemble of the Second City, Toronto's National Touring Company. She is a Canadian Screen Award-nominated host of YTV's The Zone and Undercover High, as well as a member of the Canadian Comedy Award-winning sketch troupe, The Sketchersons. Lisa has been featured in Just for Laughs, New Faces Showcase, performed at comedy festivals across the country, and has written for various television projects across YTV and CBC Kids. But most of all, Lisa is someone I am so privileged to call friend, and I am thrilled that she is on the show today. If you ever get to give her a hug, she is seriously one of the best all-time huggers, and I can't wait for her to share her story. So I am so excited that you are here today. Yay, I'm happy to be here. Like seriously, I I think you are one of the funniest people I know, like for real. Andrea, you're a seriously easy audience. <laughs> well, <laughs> this woman is the biggest laugher I know. So if you ever I, want to feel like your jokes are fire, <laughs> come see this girl. Well, you can always test them on me. Anytime you like <laughs> want to run through something that you haven't done yet, you just call me. Well, that's a horrible idea. Why? <laughs> because you laugh at anything. No, I am. You're, you're filled with joy. Not all audience members are like that. Yeah, but you know what, though? I think I my laugh is like has a gauge on it. So <laughs> if, if I think it's like nominally funny, it's like a certain level. And if I think it's really funny, it's like out of control. I don't care to be embarrassed about like laughing really hard. <laughs> So, okay, I'll have to learn to listen for the nuances. Okay, perfect. Because <laughs> I really think you're seriously hysterical and I'm so glad that you're here and that you're on the show and you're officially my very first guest. Woohoo! So I'm honored. That I'm this is very exciting to me. So, I want to kind of just talk a little bit about how we met. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember church. Yeah, it was church. But maybe our first conversation. I'm not sure if you probably recall when that was. Refresh my memory. Okay. Well, we were at a small group at a friend's house and you were kind of lingering around in the kitchen and I don't remember who else was there, but we were um, talking and it was kind of like our first conversation and it was like all of a sudden we went deep really quickly. Right. Yes. Like it was like we were laughing, haha, and then next thing you know, it was like... (laughs) super like let's solve all the world's problems like immediately and I was like I like this girl oh well you have that ability to open that up in people I, I was only in the kitchen because there's snacks in there I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't looking for a deep and meaningful but you you have a, this amazing ability to bring that on people well, so thank that's you. probably why we went there so fast yeah it was so cool and I think that we started talking about like life purpose and it was like just this interesting conversation because I was thinking 
man, she does all these really cool things. And yet she's really concerned about like, what is her purpose in life and how is she going to live that out? And I love that about you. And I think that is why I was like, you know what? She's a keeper and I'm going to get to know her. And so I'm really glad that we have started developing that friendship and that I just can't wait for 20 years down the road from now to, you know, we're little old ladies. Well, maybe not 20 years, but. Oh, no, I'll be a little old lady in 20 years for sure. (laughs) Yeah, you're an old soul. (laughs) For sure. Well, I seriously, both often on the stage, you are really funny. So like in person, but also on stage. And I had the opportunity of seeing you live for the very first time in a show that you co-wrote with some castmates called Tom Shadow. That's right. The Adventures of Tom Shadow. The Adventures. And it was it was seriously so funny. The venue was packed out. And I remember going in there and seeing you for the very first time on stage and thinking, oh my gosh, like this girl has like something I've never seen before. Hmm. And it was awesome. Like, I think I cried my mascara off. <laughs> oh. Well, like, I, really I remember when you came because I heard you laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I heard the gauge. <laughs> oh, yeah. I laughed hardcore. But you know what? I was not the only one. There was a lot of people that were laughing there. So I know that you have been in the comedy world for a while. But like, when did you kind of know that that was your thing, like that you could make people laugh? It's mm, a great question. Well, my dad is a goofball man. Mm-hmm. And so he, yeah, my whole life. I think he turned me into like a parrot person because I, my earliest forms of humor were just basically mocking people, which is horrible. Mm -hmm. Like I got kicked out of every class and my mom was always mad at me. Um, But I like to find the humor in what people would say and then say it back to them. And it's, I still do it. And it's what I try to keep it under control. But my dad was that person. He was always movie quotes and different accents and whatever. So we joked around a lot when I was growing up and, I think that I just loved it. Like, I just love playing. Mm -hmm. I love generating joy by just making up jokes and using imagination. And I think I saw in my dad that that doesn't have to stop. That's not just something that kids do. Yeah. But I also saw in my dad that he was a really professional, conservative person outside of our house. So I, I did take note that, oh, he's joyful and goofy, but it's not really okay in the outside world Mm -hmm. so I think as I grew up I just decided I'd like to I like to be that way all the time in Mm -hmm. every forum and so I became a comedian and was it something like when you were a teenager in high school you're like I'm shooting for that oh no 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 I I definitely always love to make people laugh Mm -hmm. but in high school especially I felt the societal pressure of just, I don't want to be embarrassed was mm-hmm. like my motto, which I think is probably every junior high, high school kid's motto. Yeah, okay. I don't want to be embarrassed. I don't want to be embarrassed. 100%. So even <laughs> when we did, even when we did high school drama and we did an improv unit, I remember thinking I'm good at this and I like this, but I didn't want to join the club or do the show or whatever. It was as long as it was in the confines of the classroom and I couldn't fail in front of people. That's how I liked it. Yeah. And then it just kind of grew inside me until the fear of failure was outweighed by the desire to play basically but I think in that walk of life when I was a kid it was too much still the idea of failing was too much to bear to take even even being funny like uh, what what about being funny and making people laugh like in is like the fear of failure there well because the second you declare 
I'm funny and yeah. I'm going to do this thing and I'm going to make you laugh, then you're setting an expectation. So if you get on stage and you say, this is my show, here I am, come watch me, and people don't laugh, it's a failure. Whereas if you're sitting at a dinner party and you just throw out a joke and everyone laughs, no one was expecting you to do that. So it's just oh, a win-win-win yeah. all the time. The fear and the success, as you know, comes yeah. from declaring and deciding and committing. Yes. And that's the scary part. But it's also where all the the ground can be taken. Yeah, like now that actually you explain it, that makes a lot more sense because I can imagine if you if people are expecting you to always be funny, then if you're short of that for whatever reason, then that would be difficult. Yeah. Definitely. Have you ever not made people laugh? Oh, all the time. I've failed so hard on stage. I was just thinking about it this morning that uh, even the people that I admire the most in comedy – I've seen them fail. And even to the to the great lengths of like the big like Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, mm -hmm. those guys have all failed super hard. Okay. So I love watching people like Mark Little in the city who I did The Adventures of Top Shadow with or mm -hmm. <laughs> like my friends like uh, go on stage and eat it. Like that's the best because yeah. then we're like, oh, we all do it. That's something that we all just fail at sometimes. How do you get over that though? Like what happens after that? <sighs> Well, I think you just got to know. I, I, I'm always practicing being gentle with myself and forgiving myself. Uh, I'll definitely replay it a few times over again in my head. But other than that, it's like I'm, I can't afford to let this one failure decide anything for me. Mm -hmm. Like the passion that I have for creating comedy is too big. Yeah. And it will swallow me whole if I don't do it. So I can't afford to take advice from any failures that I've had. Mm. I can't afford to let them affect me. I can feel them for a little bit, and I just have to let them go because in the end they'll just inhibit me from creating the things that I want to make. Like I, we've talked about like our personalities before, you and I, mm -hmm. and especially from the Enneagram, which lately I've become obsessed with. But, Poster child. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And I'm a one, which is the reformer or the perfectionist. We get it. You're number one. You yeah, tell everyone all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And you're a seven, which is the enthusiast. <laughs> yes. Which means, which is like so apropos to who our personalities are. But like for me, like perfectionism is a huge thing. Like I've always strived to achieve. And I didn't want to, and I don't think all the time that I like, I am perfect, and but I want to be perfect. Mm -hmm. So the idea of failure to me or being in a position where I have to get over failure quickly yeah. is very difficult. And But do you bounce back from that quickly? Like, in a, just, okay, I have to keep going. I've got, like, even if you're on set or... Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, you just got to. I'm at the point now where I just kind of eat it up like it's just a fun snack for me to have every once in a while because I can't like I do you just gotta love your failures you just gotta keep gobbling them up like they're delicious and keep going through them and you know it's just yeah. like yeah it's like swallowing medicine it's yeah. good for you in the long run but it tastes horrible yeah you just gotta know that it's good for you and it's only gonna lead to better things because you just can't grow without feeling so it feels horrible but you gotta welcome it sometimes I love the phrase, like, uh, I've just heard it more recently, um, learning how to fail better. Mm. And because for me, like, failing was, like, the end of the world. And then now I'm learning that 
if I fail, it means I took a risk or it means I actually put myself out there, which I was really afraid to. And like, I admire that quality, I think, in in people, but especially you, because you're putting yourself out there. And to me, that seems super vulnerable and super risky. And yet you're continuing to do it all the time. Well, yeah, that's another thing that I have to remind myself too, because we all fail. My job is especially public failure. So I just have to remind myself that it's already a huge success that I even got up on stage or got in front of the camera and did this thing. And so what, it didn't work out. There's, I still deserve a pat on the back for doing it because it's scary just in the first place. Yeah. Like you're saying. Oh, for sure. So like for you to, to do what you do, like you are a host on YTV and you do stand up comedy and then you're also in improv and you write sketches. Like, I mean, you do like so many things, which I think is really cool. Um, what is one thing you would regret not doing in your career? Well, I think I'm in a season of my life right now where I've been asking myself that question. And so I'm taking off a lot of boxes right now. Like, as you know, I'm preparing for a move to LA and um, <clears throat> taking a big risk that that mm-hmm. way and branching out and finding new management and doing all this stuff. That That was a big part of something that I've always wanted to do. But I think... Something I would regret not doing is probably creating my own content. And I always preach this to other people because it's very hard as an actor or a comedian to get work sometimes because you have to slot into exactly what other people are making. So the the idea right now is get out there and write your own parts, mm-hmm. make your own thing and cast yourself in it. And we see that with so many different shows, like the Broad City Girls, who started with just a YouTube web series, and now they have this big, giant show. Uh, so, yeah, that's something that I need to do more of. And I think there's a part of me that's afraid to invest in myself that way because it takes a lot of time and a lot of money, especially, mm-hmm. to hire camera and audio and direct it. And then you, you have to make this thing and fail publicly because I can't – Make, the thing that I want to make for myself, I can't make it on my own. I have to invite all of these other professionals in right. and then gather everyone up and tell them, hey, I know what I'm doing. I'm about to make this thing. And then I might not know what I'm doing and I might make something really bad. So mm-hmm. that's something I, I always tell people, like, oh, yeah, create your own content, do your own stuff. And I know that's something I need to be doing. But deep down, I think it's, yeah, it's a fear of investing in myself because I'm not sure I'm going to be able to do it. And it might just be a giant waste of time and money. But that's something I got to do. And if I don't, I'll regret it. Yeah, because like it's not just investing in your own um, talent or, you know, strength. It's actually investing your money and mm-hmm. your time and all the resources you have and and then other people's as well. Like, yes. that's a huge risk. Exactly. Yeah. And but if it pays off. <laughs> right. Then that would be gold. And I can't not learn something from the experience, too. Like yeah. with all the other failures, I'll just walk away wiser and stronger Mm -hmm. but it would suck (laughs) what do you think is like stopping you from doing it right now I don't know I guess it's the sense of not feeling ready which I know is a big lie like I don't think any of us are ever ready for the things that we're gonna step into Mm -hmm. and yeah money I don't know I think also thinking like, oh, I'm gonna, I'll go to LA, I'll get situated, I'll find my community, I'll do it there. I don't, I'm hesitant to start any more projects here in Toronto before I move. But yeah, I mean, there's 
an excuse for everything. Yeah. So with having courage, I know like we've talked a lot about you moving to LA mm-hmm. and what that's going to be like. And of course you don't really know, you know, <laughs> it's like the great unknown and it's a big move for you to leave everything that you've established here in mm-hmm. Toronto, which is a lot like you have done some really cool things here and you've had some great successes here. So when you think about your experiences in Toronto and kind of up to this point, what have they taught you about courage and taking that next step into what comes next? Oh, well, I've learned so much coming to Toronto, even just, so I was born and raised in Edmonton, Alberta, and I always wanted to do this. It was like growing in me, like I said, Mm -hmm. until probably after high school, then I was like, I can't. I can't just not do this anymore. I don't care if I, it makes me look stupid. I joined an all girls improv group and we started performing together and that led one thing led to another. And I was doing a lot of comedy and um, people would say like, Oh, well, why don't you move to Toronto? There's second city there. There's all this stuff that I always thought like I would never do that to myself or to my husband to like uproot us for nothing just Mm -hmm. to go float around on the breeze and see, I'm not that kind of person. I like a bit more certainty than that. Yeah. But, um, and you know I'm a praying woman, mm-hmm. so uh, I draw my strength from that. And I prayed about it because I was there in Edmonton and there wasn't any opportunity to do the things that I wanted to do, which was TV, basically. Mm-hmm. And I just, yeah, I, I prayed because I felt like I was stuck in this place where God knows that I wouldn't, I'm not the type of person to just go to Toronto and do something like that. I just, it's too fearful. And I just said that straight out, like, look, I'm too fearful to do that. It's not happening. And Edmonton isn't making any TV. So what are you going to do? (laughs) And um, yeah, it wasn't even a month later that our, uh, one of the girls in my improv troupe got a, a casting notice for this show that was being filmed in Toronto. And long story short, I ended up auditioning for it, even though I was feeling so cynical and jaded and like this dream's never going to happen. I sent in the tape and they cast me in it right away and asked me to move to Toronto and host this TV show. And it was going to be my own TV show, basically. Like just from zero to 60, so, so unbelievably quickly. That's unbelievable. So in that process, I came and I've learned and I've hosted TV shows and I've done live comedy and all of this stuff. And I think more than anything, I've just learned that something will always come up. Like, I think if you... I think God is really showing me in that first, first move. Mm-hmm. He really spoon fed me. Like it was a baby step. Yeah. And now I think n- I know so much more about the nature of God. Oh yeah. Okay. And so now I f- am able, now I'm taking this next move without a surefire plan. Mm-hmm. And I think I just learned in Toronto, I saw all of the fruition of everything that I had been praying about come to pass in these last three years in Toronto. And now I don't doubt that. God is good and that he's hearing, hearing me. And yeah, it just gives me a lot more confidence to take the next step. So you're, you're kind of saying like your faith plus your confidence, like your own, um, well, your confidence in your faith too, really is huge in taking those steps and being courageous and moving forward. And also I've learned in Toronto that no one really knows what they're doing. I've been in writers' rooms on projects where I keep thinking someone's going to find out that I'm not as good as I 
say that I am. Mm -hmm. And then later you talk to people and everybody is thinking the same thing. It's kind of crazy that people like me can make TV. <laughs> like I'm, I'm with my writing partner right now pitching a, pitching a TV show to different networks and whatever. And it, it's like if this gets picked up, that means I made a TV show. And that means anyone can make a TV show. So really it's like, yeah, I guess I, I also just learned a lot about that imposter syndrome feeling and how you can feel like you're not qualified. But guess what? No one really feels like they are. So you're just as entitled to chase after your dreams as anyone else. Which I love. And I had a conversation actually yesterday with some girls about, um, you know, feeling like, is this it? Is this everything that I'm ever going to do? Like, you know, I reached this pinnacle and we perceive other people so differently Mm -hmm. than we do ourselves. And so we think, okay, well, surely they must be doing a lot better or they're a lot smarter or more gifted or more something than we are. And I think that kind of holds us back yeah. from actually taking a step of faith or, you know, walking in, in courage in, in spite of fear anyways. And I think probably a lot of the reason why people don't do things is because they don't believe that they can do what somebody else is doing. Yeah. And so it's amazing for, for me to hear that, like, you're, you're sitting in these rooms with people and you're realizing, like, they don't know any more than you do. Yeah. Like they're just, everyone puts one pant leg on and then the other and so true. they're just, they are who they are and you just have to live your life. Basically, I would say I'm not on your own terms, but live your life, you know, in a way that makes you proud. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's what it is. It's because I love doing what I'm doing. I'm allowed to go wherever I want. Like I've given myself permission to take any job or do apply for anything or audition for anything because I am entitled to it because I love doing it. That's my key to it. No one's allowed to tell me no. I can keep throwing myself at this thing for the rest of my life and no one's allowed to stop me. Right. And if you keep throwing yourself at something, some, a wall's about to break open and you'll find a place inside somewhere. Mm-hmm. I'm curious. Do you like what's your support system like? Through like friends and family? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely um, take a lot of strength from uh, other comedians, especially female comedians. We have a a Facebook group together and we get together and talk about what it's like to be a woman in comedy and share our struggles and ask each other for advice. Mm -hmm. And although I definitely do think it's, it's more challenging and more, almost sometimes a more dangerous for a woman in comedy Mm -hmm. I just mean in terms of like you never know who you're going to be working with and it's not always good like there's a lot of men in charge and sometimes it's a there's manipulation there's women in comedy need to stick together yeah and so uh I really draw strength from those women because we share a lot so because we're the minority in the comedy world I think we band together a lot Mm mm-hmm stronger and that helps me a lot in work and then outside of that I have a totally different kind of support with my friends and family okay who I can be more vulnerable with I guess and um (laughs) and talk more candidly about the people that I work with or whatever yeah I wouldn't do that in the community but sometimes you need to be able to vent to people who are outside Mm -hmm. you know 
does your family and like your husband, like, you know, maybe getting a little personal here, but like, do they like support you in this? Have you always felt supported in it? Oh yeah. hundred percent. I've been so lucky. Uh, Steve, especially my husband, he, um, he's amazing. He just always tells me that I'm the best and he's my number one cheerleader. So that's Mm -hmm. great. My parents don't really care. Like, it's funny because they think like, oh, of course. If I call if I call my dad and say, dad, I made it into the touring company in Second City. He's like, yeah, of course you did, Lise. Awesome. You know, he just <laughs> thinks like, well, you're great. Of course you would. Yeah. So, which is which is kind of good because then they don't, they're not expecting you to fail. Exactly. Which is awesome. Yeah. And that right there even, I think just even knowing people believe in you or have that faith in you or belief in you. I think sometimes that can set you up for success, even in in ways that I don't know. We don't believe in ourselves. Yeah. Oh, totally. Which I love. So that's really cool to hear. If you were to say, like, there's one woman comedian like out there that you would love to like pick her brain or do a show with her or sit down and have lunch with her, beer BFF, whatever. Mm-hmm. Who would you say it is? I love so many of them. But one of them that I really admire is Mindy Kaling because she started in a way, like she got picked up from a comedy that she had written for the New York Fringe. So just, I I always, our stories feel so similar because I also have a female comedy writing partner and we also like write and produce our own things. And I don't know, it's just cool to think that that's how she got picked up to write for The Office and then was on The Office. And now she's like producing and creating her own show. And she's made so much headway for not only a woman but a woman in color and a, a woman of color and a woman in comedy yeah it's like that's like the trifecta of difficulty in yeah. the field she's hilarious and she's yeah so I think obviously she's hilarious but there must be so much confidence and determination and resilience in her that's just quietly underneath the surface because I don't think there's any way she could have made it that far without having some serious belief in herself so that would be really cool to hear about her story from her why you got connections? Yeah, I wish. I read her first book. That's about it. But man, I I think she's a genius. Yeah. Like, and I just every time I see her on on TV or I read something or actually or even like her tweets, like mm-hmm. I mean, she's just really funny. Like I'm constantly drawn in, and I feel like the vulnerability that she shares about her life and how like she'll do the craziest things and she'll just talk about it and it's just normal and you it makes you feel as a woman like oh I don't have to be perfect and look a certain way and be a certain way to achieve success or the the success that I want yeah or that I'm looking to achieve and I think she kind of has a way of evening the playing field a little bit yeah like so you feel like yeah I could I can play on this team yeah, definitely. Which I which I love. What would you say would be your like dream role? I'm sorry, like I I'm so so curious now. Like, well, my dream role would be something, uh, maybe like a Fox comedy or an NBC comedy, like a like The Office or New Girl or something or Last Man on Earth. Uh, I would love to play a character that's far from myself. Mm-hmm. I would love to play a character that's like a fun departure from who I am regularly because I love doing that kind of stuff in sketch where you can just like find that character and live in it and just make yourself laugh and 
just the joy that comes with playing. It's just like play, play, pretend. Yeah. That's what I'd love to do. Well, I hope that happens for you. I hope so too. I mean, if I have any connections, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm definitely gonna. Oh, share them with me. Thank you so much. That's so generous of you. <laughs> well, you never know. No, <laughs> you never no, know because Mindy Kaling will be on your podcast in a couple weeks. Yeah. Well, if if she is, I'm gonna definitely tell her you said hello. Oh, th- you would tell her that I said hello, Andrea. That's might so get, nice. Might even get you a coffee date. A coffee date? Oh wow. <laughs> okay. So okay. So. There are a lot of people who are out there, they're chasing their dreams, maybe not in comedy, but maybe in another way. They're starting a business, they're um, writing, they are um, singer-songwriters, and they are in a place where they are ready to kind of move forward, but it seems like they're blocked, they're stuck. They can't seem to kind of move themselves forward. What would you tell them? What would be something that you would encourage them with? Uh, I would say do something new, even if it's just like one, you know, if you're a singer, just go book a show at a random cafe at an open mic for in front of five people. Or if you're opening a business, reach out to someone. Or sometimes what I do when I'm feeling stuck is I just try to do one small thing every day that's going to contribute to what I'm doing so I'm like okay today I'm gonna tweet something I'll just tweet something that's my goal for today or I'm mm-hmm. gonna message somebody who I saw at a show and say hey great work do you want to go for coffee or something like that or just tiny things because it's not like you have to do I think the thing that stops us is from thinking we have to make this big grandiose next step when really it's just the tiny little things are going to chisel away at the mental block and then free up some space to create something new I love that. I love that. I mean, I've always kind of thought for myself, it's like the one step, one step, but I love how you, you phrased it, chisel away at the mental block, which I think is like key right there. Like, I love that. It's a gold because I think if we can chisel away at the mental thoughts that we're having towards moving forward, then the sky's the limit Mm -hmm. for anyone really. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I think that, um, it just sets you up for a place that is so successful, whether or not you do anything in the world standards that's successful yeah. or even just by your own, Yeah. which, you know, you don't have to be famous or be known to make a difference in the world. And, um, but everyone has their own path and needs to be able to do that. So I love that. That's a great, it's great advice. So, um, I want to ask you one more question. If you were to really be able to make an impact in the world and kind of leave your mark, what would that be? Hmm. Do you mean like through my comedy or just as a person? It could be anything. If I were to leave an impact on the world, what would it be? Mm -hmm. Oh, gosh. Well, I hope that it would be. I like to think that it would be on on a personal level freeing people up to pursue what they love to do because mm-hmm. for some reason it just seems like we're all born with a dream of something we want to do and then taught to keep adding layers of cover up on top of it until we die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I would love for people to have freedom and I would love to 
um, be an example to people and to encourage other people to just stop fearing so much about money or reputation or security or whatever it is. And I still deal with those fears all the time. They're never going to go away. But just to encourage people that there's a way around them and a way to cope with them and create even with them right there on your back. You can still create and play and do. I think if everybody was inspired to create the things they want to create, imagine all the cool stuff we would have. Yeah. But instead, some of it's locked up in cubicles at Dunder Mifflin. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I would like to encourage people in that way. And then in a career sense, uh, I, I would love to continue paving a way for women in comedy because I think there's so many great women who have gone before me and I think things are changing so much right now and I, I want to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. I want to inspire other women and make some room for them to be around here and see themselves on stage and on TV more. We've seen enough men. It's done. We're over it. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, it looks like all, all about girl power right now. Yeah. And I mean, you know what? There are guys that are funny, but honest, to be honest, like I resonate so much with a woman that stands up there and just is telling it like it is, telling her story and just being able to make you laugh because you understand what she's going through mm. on some level. Yeah. Uh, whether it is something that you have experienced or not experienced. So... I hope that you continue to do that and that you are one of those people that is making room for others and um, creating a path that people can follow behind. So I love that. So thank you for being here. Like, seriously, I'm going to miss you terribly when you go away to L.A. You don't have to tell me you're going to miss me. I already know. (laughs) We can do podcasts from over Skype. Yeah. We're definitely. And I'm going to plan to come out and visit you Yay. in LA because I'm going to want to see you on set and come and see where you're working and yeah. all the cool, fun things that you'll get up to when you go there. So thank you so much for, for being a part. Like this is, it's seriously an honor. I, um, I just really, really respect you. Um, not only as, um, someone who's really funny, but as a woman who is dedicated and hardworking and willing to put a lot of grit and hustle into the things that she loves. And it shows in your life. It shows in your integrity. And I think that the sky is the limit for you, Lisa, and that anything can happen. So I just hope and pray that it does for you. Oh, thanks, Andrea. I feel just the same way about you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. All right. Well, we'll definitely do this again. Okay. Thanks for listening to The Courage Cast. To dive into today's show notes and find out more about Lisa Gilroy, head over to thecouragecast.com. And if this podcast has inspired you, I would love to hear about it. Please go to iTunes to subscribe. And while you're there, leave a rating and review. It's time to face your fear. So get out there and live bravely.